0: Can never tell when you're ready. Me? I'm always ready, Ronald. Oh, okay. DTF. Sure.
1: I don't think that's what's down that... to function, guys. Uh, okay. Down to fulfill our obligation. <laughs> yes. In. To episode right, zero nine zero. I'll, I'll go with that, yes. Cause I don't know if you guys... I mean, I've I've never thought when you guys were coming down here to the basement, it's never crossed my mind. It's like we're gonna do some fucking tonight. <laughs> oh my I'm, God, I'm so... glad that I'm glad that it's about fulfilling and functioning. Yes. Not uh sweaty assholes Uh, if you guys would know because the futon would be pulled out (laughs) i'll keep an eye on that next time he'd be
0: leaning on it. i'd be
1: like laying across it with just a just one of those short robes that just barely covers up my junk i'm sorry can you guys see up this i don't know what's going on (laughs) is this a podcast you're going yeah you're taking it
2: you're running with it john it's obviously Mm. crossed your mind before
1: That's for confessions, schmanfessions. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, this is episode 090 of the Movie Schmovie Podcast.
2: It's the 090 episode. Yeah, it's wow. the
1: 090 episode.
2: <laughs> a lot of O's.
1: It is, it is. It's round on both ends and nine in the middle.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I like the sound of that. Yeah. Welcome. Um, welcome. I'm Steve. Uh, yeah, I am Ronald. I'm told that I'm called John. <laughs>
2: He is. He is called John.
0: I'm the one known as John. <laughs> this is just going to be some random ramblings. I right? think you Being can tell so about... from the
1: conversation thus far that there's no real direction. No, tonight. there's no real we're direction. We're going to be casting about. We do have one major film and one kind of sleeper film, I would say, I guess, that kind of snuck up on me. Uh, but and then we have some kind of odds and ends. But yeah. what have you seen, Ronald? I know you've seen the 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 two films we're going to discuss in greater detail. But have you seen anything else?
0: A lot of TV. A lot of TV. A lot of TV. I uh, Just trying to catch up, boardwalk. Um, started watching board to death again because it's like one of my favorite any
1: shows. show with board in the title,
0: yeah, yeah, boardwalk. Board. <laughs> it's a <the> great <laughs> show for some reason. It took my brain so long to, to realize what you had said. walking through it in my head. I'm you guys talk about it, and then I, I don't know. I don't know if I've monsters, you I saw that. Mm-hmm. Um, Watched Tooth again. Great movie. I I don't regret watching it again. Um, That's about it. I don't think I've watched anything else.
1: Steve, I think you've seen a litany
2: of films, haven't you? Uh, Some might say, yes. Uh, I didn't see one of the key films we're going to be talking about, which I'm very upset about. Yes. But I have peppered my week with uh, a variety of films, including a comedy known as Girl Most Likely. With uh, Kristen Wiig and I felt somebody else that matters. June Diane Raphael's in it, who I love, but she's a small
0: character. I just listened to an incredible uh, "You Made It Weird" with Pete Holmes, and she was on it, and it it was emotional. She like cried for wow. a great deal of it. It's it's pretty emotional. Yeah. She's a great actress. This movie's not emotional at all. This high- action
2: movie is horrible. <laughs> oh, like no, and I've heard it was horrible, but it was it was uh yeah, pretty- I had a feeling. Pretty pretty sad to see that it actually was as bad. I don't know. I just feel like it's like a waste of talent. I think Kristen Wiig is pretty funny.
0: She's like, been in like several of those. movies. But I think she like,
2: is gen- genuinely funny. She uh, is uh, among like female comedians out there right now. Uh, the movie just felt like really generic. Oh yeah, Annette Bening's Benning's in it, and uh, Matt uh, Matt Dillon's in it. It it's, it's just all over the place. It, Matt it, Dillon's. It, in yeah, it it's, Yeah, it, it's just all over the place. It just feels like kind of like a straight to video type of movie.
1: Um, how does that make you feel you seem to have a strong reaction (laughs) I don't see him very
0: often man I guess that's what it is yeah it is a little strange to think he chose that movie and his voice always surprises me it's surprisingly deep every time I see him it always surprises me I'm like Mm -hmm. oh oh it's him
1: he doesn't seem to make a lot of movies but maybe I'm just forgetting something big he was in
0: recently no no. I I think you're right Like he hasn't been in anything really but I don't know so it was bad.
2: yeah, that was not good. Um so I
1: mean, actively bad, not just bland, but bad. I mean, it's bad. very
2: bland. I, I just felt like uh, there's just so much stuff trying to trying to happen in the movie, like with her, and she's like that character that just is living in a delusional world. Like she's the girl from New Jersey that lives in the big city up in uh, in Manhattan, and she kids herself about her relationships. She kids herself about her friends and. It's like, you know, the movie just snowballs into this huge lie she's been living her whole life and Mm -hmm. that she finds out for the first time and it really has no bearing on the the ending of the film and it doesn't feel like anything really changes throughout the movie. It's just Uh not funny. You know, for being a comedy, it's it's just not funny. I think at times it tries to be more dramatic and oddball, like Matt Dillon's character especially, um, but it doesn't play for laughs at all. Um, So, yeah, I was not... Oh, that's
1: odd because when you said that, I was thinking, is it one of those kind of, one of those sort of like indie... Uh, quirky comedies but if it's like not even trying to be funny I
2: it I, tries to be that and that's what I that's kind of why I still gave it a chance because I was kind of interested in seeing if you know maybe everybody else was wrong or maybe my expectations were mm-hmm. so low that I would still enjoy it uh, but yeah not so much uh, one of the other I have two more that I want to mention um, <clears throat> the one is uh, Parkland which was <clears throat> I, I guess it just kind of came and went it was coming on DVD soon but it's a film that basically, you know, it's a JFK assassination film. Uh, the interesting. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's Paul Giamatti. And... Yeah, it's a huge cast. Paul Giamatti, Zach Efron, James Dale, Jackie Earl Haley, Colin Hanks, Marsha J... Gay Harden, Ron Livingston, Jeremy Strong, Billy Bob Thornton, Jackie. We- I mean. Okay, wow. name dropper. I'm just reading the wiki page. I mean, it's like Tom Welling, like Clark Kent from Smallville himself, mm-hmm. is in it. I mean. You sold me with Tom Welling. That's all I needed to say. But yeah, a huge ensemble cast, and actually, it's a pretty huge undertaking of a film. And I think the interesting part of it—I did like this movie. I think the the interesting piece is it really has little to do with the assassination itself, and doesn't get too caught up in doesn't get caught up at all in any of the mo, any any of the things that most JFK films are about, which is like the conspiracy theories and and things like that. Because this movie gen, genuinely has not a lot to do with JFK himself. It has to do with a lot of the people that were on the outside of what was happening. And, but who were like
1: directly affected by the aftermath, right? Yeah,
2: and or who had an actual hand in what happened, or what was happening, or what ha- happened in in the long run, but weren't like the main characters that you always hear about. That you know, with the exception of one who carries the name, which was um, uh, Lee Harvey Oswald's brother, uh, Robert Oswald, who is played by James Badge Dale, who I am a, I, I really like him a lot. Um, <clears throat> people might recognize him. He was in like the new Iron Man film. He was, um,
1: uh, I, th- I know it was, I think it was season three of 24, he was a pretty major. Yeah, yeah, he was also
2: there. a small role in World War Z this summer, um, and he also had that show on AMC that like only lasted a season, what's Ronald, that? help me, what's it called? Rubicon. Uh, Rubicon, thank you, John.
0: Oh, yeah!
2: Um, But yeah, okay, so that that's just one character though, but that, that's what was really interesting about the movie it it was because... It just, it, it talks, it, it lets you kind of see... I think
1: Ronald is experiencing a post-catfish dinner torpor. He's over there. <laughs> it's like he's, got those, he's got the expressions of digestion on his
2: face right now. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. Yeah, I, I just was, it was interesting to see how people, like normal people, quote unquote, were affected and or had a play in what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, there, it follows basically three or four different paths. Uh, Zach Efron plays a doctor that Worked at the Parkland Hospital that was actually involved with both John F. Kennedy being brought in to be operated on as well as Lee Harvey Oswald when he was assassinated as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it follows Paul Giamatti's character is uh, Abraham Zapruder, who was the man who shot the footage on the uh, what was it, Grassy Knoll? Bell and Hal eight millimeter camera that know. is like the footage that you see all the time now. Yeah, um, it, it follows Robert Oswald as well and the mother. Um, Also, it follows uh, the Secret Service agents who became the first agents that a president ever died under their watch on, and that's Billy Bob Thornton's character. James Hostie, who is played by Ron Livingston. It's an FBI agent. Um, I mean, who basically is a guy that was like, tracking Lee Harvey Oswald and like had received letters from him and had, had he had come to the office like 10 days before the Kennedy assassination mm-hmm. and, and left letters for him and like it kind of was that's, that's kind of the only kind of conspiracy slash like suggestive piece of the movie is that you know they're basically saying like the FBI kind of covered up that they had gotten letters from him beforehand saying what was going to happen and they just ignored him because it was in a pile of many letters much like it you know what I mean mm-hmm. All in all, I thought it was a really interesting movie. The only the, the only thing I would kind of criticize it for, it kind of just lacks a focus, lacks focus because you have all these characters and you don't see a common thread beyond obviously the Kennedy set. And that's maybe what they're going for, the filmmaker, but um it just kind of seems somewhere. a little it just seems like very disjointed. Like a lot of independent things going on that aren't that aren't, they feel like episodic almost, like they're not tied together.
1: That almost feels like a symptom of what they were trying to do, because I do remember reading somewhere, and it may have been the director, but it was mm-hmm. someone involved in the production side of things that said that their goal was to do what you just described, which is to de emphasize the mystery and the conspiracy and talk about the real facts that we know about right. the people that were you know, caught up in the aftermath. So in that sense, maybe if they're going to follow that idea, it does sound almost like a story that doesn't have a protagonist to it, or it doesn't have a a, a main character that
2: you're following. And I, you know, that's a good point. And I actually read something that was stating something similar to that. And I think that may, maybe that was intentional because it almost feels like they make you, they want to make you feel like there was kind of like a whirlwind Mm -hmm. in, in Dallas and all these characters that were in that place. And how they represented different kinds of America and uh, you know both family and and professionals and you know uh, and you know like uh, law enforcement and things like that. Maybe it was intentional. That was the only thing that kind of like stood out to me. But overall, I was really into it. Um, well, just because it was deliberate doesn't mean it, it doesn't amount to kind of a dramatic flaw. Perhaps you know that right, maybe there right, was right.
1: A, but so often you see this type of movie and they go in the other direction where they they take somebody they and, and they trump up a, a, a story around that person and give right. them an arc or something that might right. not be true. So in the sense, I think yeah, maybe maybe it is a little harder to relate to a movie like that, but it is more interesting sometimes than the alternative. I guess to see a movie that tries something a little different.
2: Yeah, I mean, I was definitely regardless. I mean, I was really into it. I, I'm always intrigued by the whole, the, everything JFK in that time, and um, I think it's actually definitely worth checking out. I think it comes out on DVD in a, in a couple weeks mm-hmm. or Blu-ray DVD in a couple weeks, and it's on video on demand now. Yeah. Um, the last one I want to mention real quick, and talking about movies that like kind of have multiple main characters floating around and kind of the interweaving interwoven interwoven storylines mm-hmm. um a tapestry a movie that i really had wanted to see but didn't get any kind of release and and i'm really upset that it didn't because I, I actually ended up loving this movie it was called uh, it's called disconnect um i
1: remember when this with, uh, first hit on demand i think earlier in the
2: year yeah with uh, jason bateman alexander sarsgaard um who else is in it um it's basically like a crash for the digital age. I mean, that's really what it is for computers mm-hmm. and and. See, I didn't like Crash, internet.
1: but I thought this looked good. So <clears throat> I like,
2: I liked Crash. Um, I didn't love Crash like, Best Picture Crash, right. but, um, yeah. Paul you mean Pat, a, a, it, a
1: crash <laughs> for the digital age, not in terms of the David Cronenberg film about people that are turned on by car accidents. Car accidents, crisis, not at all. But not the, with uh, James Spader and Holly Hunter. Yes, but uh, you're talking about like the uh, the the L.A. based race related like interlocking character
2: stuff yeah the paul haggis yeah the you know, best picture winner crash mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: um paul haggis best picture winner
2: i know right um <clears throat> but yeah not to get sidetracked i i just i really wanted to see get this movie when it came out and <laughs> i think that it's uh it's a movie that everybody should check out um it, it it literally is just like crash i mean i don't know what else to really kind of compare it to because it really is about it's a, I think it's three or four different f- it's families and, and younger teenagers and, and investigative reporters. It follows all these different characters. And not only how they use technology, but how they're immediately affected and abused by it. Mm-hmm. And the way that the stories tie together, I think, feels pretty natural. Um, Cinematography is great. It's really well edited. Um, it didn't get a lot of attention, I guess, in its release. And, it's, and reviews have been mainly positive, not, nothing glowing. But what really stood out to me was just how human the movie felt. I mean, living and being somebody who's like extremely tapped into technology and like the internet specifically, watching a movie like this and kind of like, it, it, it speaks to terms of, or, or to topics like bullying and, um, you know, stealing identities, uh, you know, over the, over the internet. Um, how anonymous slash not anonymous the internet really is. Right. Um, you know, how anonymous it feels, but how exposing it really can be. Um, you know, with couples who basically have their identity stolen and, you know, it's just a really cool, really cool exploration into into the internet and how it affects mm. people today. Um, it's a little schmaltzy at the end, like the, the the last, like, two, three minutes of the movie, definitely, I think they try to tie it up way too quick and it kind of feels forced as the only weak, weak weakness with the movie, mm. but, um, yeah, I don't know, disconnect. I mean, there's not much else I want to really say, but I don't want to get too much into where the stories connect, but, uh Jason Bateman I think is really good in it and I
1: So that's the twist the story the really, stories connect.
2: <clears throat> uh, it's not a, it's not a twist uh, if you've seen Crash the story is connected. No, I just mean in a movie called Disconnect. Disco- oh, yes. oh I see what you did there. <laughs> it's a twist, yes. Uh, obviously I missed that. Yeah, was a little grammar um, your grammar humor. You're good. Um but yeah I don't know Disconnect I think Disconnect. it's on it's on video on demand and uh, Blu-ray but if you like Crash I mean definitely the Paul Haggis Crash definitely check it out but um I saw, like, a bunch of my friends posted that, like, it was weird. I watched it last week, and, like, four f- other friends of mine posted that they watched it either right before or right after me, and they all, like, were saying how great it was. So mm-hmm. it's, like, I think it's a movie that just never found an audience.
1: It's weird when that happens. That <clears throat> It really yeah. is, because
2: I think it's a movie that people find somehow, and the word of mouth, like, after the fact might help it, you know, just kind of become a movie that people mention and talk about, but it definitely got nothing in terms of a release or marketing and... I don't know. Maybe they just didn't think it was gonna make money. I don't know. It's it, it is kind of it's kind of like a downer. I think that's maybe the big thing that you don't you don't really know how to win or how to release a movie like that. And uh, I feel
1: like the word of mouth that I heard was positive. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but for some, I think what's weird to me is not so much that a movie comes out and kind of sneaks up, but that it's not a movie that I saw coming. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm always you know, especially doing this show, I feel like I'm always trying to figure out what am I excited about and does this movie look good and Ronald looks like he's about to fall over. That catfish really.
0: Really <laughs> did a little bit.
1: really did him in. Yeah, by the way, guys, I just got a text from Ronald that says, I'm going to be a little late. I had to stop to get food. You just got that text? But the good news is, he's sorry.
0: <laughs> you just got that text? It, well, my phone just vibrated. Oh, holy. You need to get another phone. I know I
1: do. This this iPhone 4 shit. <laughs> it's
0: got whiskers I'm, on I'm, it. I'm there
2: with you still, John. Jeez, <laughs> you have that crazy. And to develop. boot, I, I want to say, I, I'm becoming a huge fan of... Uh, Andrea Riseborough. Oh, yes. Oh my god. She's great in this movie. She's gorgeous, but she's great. Her character is like one of the stronger storylines, I think. What uh, else has
0: she been in?
1: Oh, she was in Oblivion. Oblivion. She was to the punch? She was the redheaded oh, girl in Oblivion. Oh my
0: goodness. She, yeah. She's you know, I feel gorgeous. like there's
1: there's been a there's been a lack of 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 like lascivious comments on this show for a while. So it's, it's like, if, if we, we should just bring up Andrea riseboro every now and then and just yeah. get things like Ronald saying, oh my goodness, I kind of missed those
0: those days. What do yeah. you say?
2: Uh, what's your Spanish
0: phrase you say? Adios, mio. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta say it like you forgot portions of it. Like, ay yeah. Dios mio. <laughs>
1: well, I have a little uh, music quiz for you guys. Okay. Sure. Uh, I one of the trailers we've actually we've talked about this I think <coughs> off mic but there have been a lot of great trailers recently mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. some not so great trailers the great trailers the new Wolf of Wall Street trailer is incredible I haven't watched it yet uh, the surprisingly the Captain America Winter Soldier trailer is is really solid really good looks like better than Iron Man three looked looks better than Thank way you. better than Thor, Thor. looks. You know whatever that's worth,
2: and I love that they start that trailer off with like a long joke. Yeah, I love that. Like it just, I don't know. I think it sets that trailer up for, yeah, to have more of an impact when you see what's got the
1: where he jumps out of the. Yeah, Yeah. no, you're right. That that, that whole it just looks like they're taking that character and making him more fun than than you might expect him to be. And I know you call Chris Evans, what do you call him, the shitty Ryan Reynolds? Fake, uh, Ryan, fake Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. But I think that it is interesting to think that, because I remember years ago when the Fantastic Four trailer came out, I never saw the movie, but I thought he was funny as Johnny Storm in the trailer. He had like three funny lines. Mm-hmm. I think he's a talented enough actor, honestly, that he can get some comedy out of a guy who's such a straight arrow. Yeah. You know, I don't know. It doesn't mean the movie I is going to be great, but, but it still looks still. good. And the other thing that's interesting is, did you notice that that's written and directed by the Russo brothers, who were, their prior work was Arrested development, <laughs> yeah. for the most part. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, it's, hey, it's cool that the studio, once again, Marvel seems to be giving these offbeat directors a chance to do this type of film, but it's also, to me, an indication that maybe if you're good at something, you can translate that goodness to other genres. It yeah. doesn't have to be 100% up your alley. But it also means that maybe the comedy in this movie will be strong because they've you know, they've got essentially a comedy background.
2: Well, their comedy background also, I think they did uh, You, mean Dupree. I think that, if that's any... All right,
0: forget everything I said.
1: I'm, boy, I'm boycotting <laughs> Captain
2: America Winter Soldier. Uh, one of the other
1: trailers that came out that was not so great was the uh, X-Men Days of Future Past trailer. You didn't trailer. like the trailer? I thought it looked... About half of the trailer got me excited for the mm. movie and the other half looked like Wolverine Origins to me. I mean, you know, it just looks like... It's. I'm. It, I'm still hopeful, but I. I'm. Brian Singer to me is. Is he's the worst? Let's be honest. He's a. Yeah, he's a mystery element. I mean, at this point, I don't think. That I don't he, think he's
2: the worst. I think mystery is. is yeah. Is, I, I mean. Well, I think we
1: talked about him a while back in relation bad. to that type of director who his name adds nothing to your excitement for the film, which yeah. is strange considering how. Earlier in his career, I think we all—at least I did—I know after *Usual Suspects*, for a few movies, I felt like, "Oh, the new Brian Singer movie—I really got to see what he's doing." But he's right. just—you know—he's just kind of his movies are kind of stylistically boring. They don't really seem to be. He did *X3*, right? No, that was Brett Ratner. Okay.
0: Oh, that's why that so was. What so, is, Brett. what has
2: he done that you haven't liked? I mean, besides *Jack and the Giant Slayer*. Um, well, haven't liked or he did just X-3 thought number two. Yeah. Yes,
1: it was Luke warm on. Know, I would I say. Jack the Giant Slayer, which I haven't seen, but just from all accounts, yeah. it looked horrible. But Superman Returns, I thought was was okay, but just.
2: <clears throat> you know, that's the one that's just to like me a big misstep. I didn't, misstep, like. I didn't you like, know? like that one That's at all. the only one, though. I mean, I feel like most looking at his filmography as a director, I feel like everything else he's done, I've at least. Name some ones. Shoot some ones off. Okay, usual suspects at oh, Pupil. X Men, X 2, Superman Returns. Uh, you know, that's uh, Valkyrie, which I actually liked. Uh, mm. Jack the Giant Slayer, and then X Men.
1: You know, I may be. I may be blaming him almost entirely for for the fact that Jack the Giant Slayer looked like like got pushed back, and they had such a lack of confidence in it. And maybe Superman Returns a combination of that.
2: All mine goes the Superman. Yeah, that was a yeah. big misstep. But
1: but either way, well, heck, you know, Steve, you may have just convinced me to hold out a little bit more hope. The one I hope good, so. I
2: thought the trailer looked awesome. But the I cool thing about it, it is is
1: how, is how many people are. Are in it yeah it's ridiculous like it looks like again if they juggle it just right like mm. the stuff i don't know I'm, I'm i am hopeful like i said about <clears> half <throat> the trailer i thought was worth getting excited for and one of the things that made it seem really powerful was the music from the trailer mm. and it took me a minute to figure out where i know that music from so i was going to play this song for you guys and see if you can tell what movie this is originally from and i okay. think it's been used in a ton of trailers
2: Is it, uh... It almost sounds like terminator to me.
0: Is it as sci-fi? Uh, it is. I'll give you sci-fi. Something into the world, y. No.
2: I know I've heard this in the Whoa, I've definitely heard this before. Is it, um...
0: I
1: wonder if I could even name the composer, and that wouldn't even give it. Is you know, Is
2: Murphy in the movie? Or Cillian Murphy or whatever? He is? It's Sunshine. Ding, 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 ding ding, 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 ding. It's uh, Surface of the Sun uh, from the Sunshine
0: yeah, original the soundtrack. Oh, yeah. But
2: John Murphy is the composer, okay. which I wouldn't wow. have picked, But Anyway. Dang. Wow. Steve wins, Ronald. That's epic. He does win. That That does make a trailer.
1: All of your blood is working on digesting that catfish right now. It is. It is, but I'm I'm
0: here. I'm have alive. Have you seen Sunshine? No, man. Okay. I really wanted to see it. Hold. On, I did see that. Hold on. Is that where they like? They don't go on the surface of the sun. <clears> they right? they get really close. Yeah, I do remember. And they kind
1: of as they get closer to the sun, they just, they kind of go crazy from yeah. from it. Danny way.
2: Boyle directed it.
0: No, I don't think I. I think about the it, first two thirds of it are. You see Rose Burns in it? Yeah. I think I have to. See I it, think
1: though. it's almost great, and then I think in the end. It's just one of those movies... I honestly did not understand the climax of this movie. Like, in Mm. Sunshine, I didn't... Once they get to the end, there's a scene where they're in some kind of generator room or something. But there's... I don't understand where they are. It just looks like they're in a a CGI room all of a sudden. It's just one of those... You know what I mean? One of those climaxes that's like a battle that takes place. And you're like, why is this happening here? And where is this? (laughs) And what does this mean? But the idea that you're in a spaceship... And somehow, the closer you get to the sun, like if you, like they get so close that if they go out to the kind of observation deck and actually look and have direct exposure to the sun, they kind of go a little crazy. And I don't know why that makes perfect sense to me to think mm. that, you know, like that, yeah. that you don't, that we can't account for what exposure to that would do to your, what, to your little mind. What's the name of the song? I want, to, I want to get that. Surface of the sun. Surface
0: of the sun. It went well with the trailer.
1: Yeah. No, and I would say that that was, like, again, the stuff that really worked for me in the trailer. I really love the suggestion that somehow Professor Xavier went off course in the past, and he needs someone to go back and, like, put him on the right path. I to me, that know. I got goosebumps from yeah, that notion. You that know. could
0: be a very gentle thing, though. Like, you have to, like, handle that well. You can't be like, you have to go to yeah. get past me. That could be very stupid, and I just hope that's not done Well, terribly. the one thing
1: that's hopeful for me... Is that the comic book story? There's there were two issues uh, back in the '80s, mm-hmm. uh, early '80s that were was probably the most famous one of the most famous runs ever on uh, comics ever was uh, Chris Claremont's run as writer on the X Men in mm-hmm. the '80s and '90s, and the one of the artists that was you know the kind of pairing. I mean, there's people are still referring back to this the the run they did in like 1980 or '81. The story was taken from that era, so okay. it's a really strong X Men story. Mm. I don't, I don't see a lot of what happens in the comics in the movies, but just from the characters that are involved, I think their, their efforts to sort of tie in all the X-Men movies and kind of make it all make sense, I find that really tantalizing that if they pull it off, yeah. it was could be Bishop cool.
0: Was that Bishop that I saw?
1: I don't know. I don't know. I think I saw Bishop. I wouldn't be surprised if they start bringing some of those later characters think, in. Oh, I love those characters.
0: Some, yeah, like the they,
1: random Bishop. See, Bishop cables. was after my time, but I'm sure yeah. for, you know that hits the sweet spot of your age group Damn, Bishop Cable he's, he's in it Gambit was about I when I when I got off like when Gambit came around I didn't like his fake I didn't like his Cajun accent oh I, I loved it yeah, oh sad.
2: man he was my boy well
1: Gambit. see K, uh, K, I was about to call him Cajun <laughs> the Cajun aka Gambit uh, was sort of the replacement for Wolverine. Like Wolverine was the badass for so long, and then when he became a little more established and a little more heroic, they brought in Gambit to be kind of the new badass. And I just never bought. You know what I mean? Your guy is your guy, and Wolverine was yeah. my guy. So, so Gambit always seemed like a pretender uh, at the Wolverine throne. But
0: yeah, I think that's him. No, it is. That's a recap. It is oh, him. that's a uh, what's the name? That's a guy from um, the French movie.
2: <laughs> and keep, I mean. Um... Intouchables? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I recognize him.
1: So we have a confirmation that the guy from Intouchables plays Bishop in the
2: upcoming X-Men film. And we're probably wrong. I will definitely watch <laughs> right? the shit out of that movie.
1: We know nothing. We're going off screenshots. <laughs> this is where we get our hard news is from other uh, movie fans' blogs. But anyway, so yes, uh, Steve, you passed the John Murphy test, we call it. Don't know who John Murphy is? The guy who wrote that piece of music. Oh, okay. How sad for John Murphy that you're even excited, you even wanted the piece of music, you know, you still don't give a shit what his name is. I was thinking
0: RoboCop, but his name wasn't John Murphy, was it? It was...
1: Oh, uh, what was his name? Something Murphy. Something Murphy. 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 Murph (laughs) Murphy. Murph. Murph Derp (coughs)
2: Murphy. Murph Derp. Murph
1: So I think that's all of our our pre-Spooge. Let's get to the real load mm-hmm. of tonight's podcast. Mm-hmm. And I'm so that sorry. Was the, that was the prequel. Yeah, yeah. Wow, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: yeah. Let's go for your skin. Rub it in. <laughs> oh, my God. Right. And, and there it is. I think catfish has been digested. I think based on
1: that segue, there's no way we, we can't go to one of the films off a segue like that. So let's... Uh, oh, by the way, I heard some guys on another movie podcast that had just started and they were wondering how they were, they were kind of grading themselves on their performance and one of them said well i listen to a lot of movie podcasts and i think we did a good job because we didn't do these three things and they're all things that we do <laughs> one of the things is uh jokingly saying spoiler alert one of the things is to point out when you have a sh- shitty segue from mm. one topic to the next they said don't point it out and then the other one was laughing at your own jokes <laughs>
0: All those things are great. To me. <laughs> These are things that I do all the time, except for spoiler alert.
1: When I heard that, I was so disappointed because I was like, "Well, I, I, we don't, we don't, you know, we those standards. That's a test that we're not even
0: involved yeah. in. Yeah, we're, we're vets at this point.
1: I want to say, yeah, this is a conversation-based podcast. Yeah. This isn't a movie podcast. We just happen mm-hmm. to be talking about movies, right? Right. It's Correct. okay. It's okay that we have shitty segues and we point them
0: out and then we laugh about it, it exactly. all <laughs> makes sense to us. Tell I'm that, laughing now. <laughs> tell that guy to wipe the titty, mil- titty milk. <laughs> From the corners of his mouth. See, this you wanted to make the
1: guy sound lame, but I think you made him sound like he has a really exciting sex life.
0: Right. Or a fetish sort of <laughs> deal. He, uh, both w- way, one and the yeah. same. One and the same. These are things that used to make like make, these are like jokes that I've kept since yeah. I was like ten. And that's why you stumbled over it horribly <laughs> when you tried to say it. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't said this since I was eleven. Uh, but yeah, would would we're? we're, we're uh, Jesus Christ! Ronald, don't don't
1: fall into the I'm, microphone. I'm not, I'm we gonna... we
0: are what we are. The uh, yes, the
1: a remake apparently of a Mexican film. But this movie is in this movie's in <laughs> the limited remake of a Mexican. It's uh, this is in limited release right now. Correct. It came out at the yeah end of September yeah. in limited release, and yeah. I don't know what I, you know. I found it. I, I told Steve that I thought I thought the first half. I was losing my patience with it, and right at the point where I had sort of decided that I was kind of because I like a slow burn, but there was something about this that felt it was portentous. It was was kind of portentous and kind of there was something that felt kind of cheesy about it because everybody I I wrote down. There's lots of staring, lots of people just staring out of windows and staring at each other, and I kind of got bored with it. Then at right at the moment where I had decided I'm kind of bored with this, it's like it hit the halfway point, and then it started picking up, and then it started building towards this conclusion that is bonkers
0: yeah well that i think that's the neat part about it you don't so i didn't read up on it i remember uh steve mentioning kind of what it was about i had i I heard one word that spoiled what the sort of twist of it was
1: and i think i knew all along like i kept waiting for them to get to that twist but i would think i looked at all the marketing materials and i was realizing that that's that's being kept from people
0: they did it in a neat way too like uh the hints, the hints of it, kind of in flashbacks, weren't really.
1: Well, I don't know how obvious it would have been to me had I oh, not no, had no, I not no. known. But I'm saying I wonder if I would have figured it out and been like, "Oh, is this what's going on?" Well, but it is interesting that what's going on, it's not. That's not the end of it. It's you find right. what you find out what's <laughs> so going part, on, and
0: then it gets yeah. crazier from there. And then, and then it kind of the end makes me wonder how involved everybody was, despite the. The hesitation about it at first, like mm-hmm. it just gets kind of like, whoa, whoa, whoa right. in, the, in the last half. But I thought that the setup was really cool. It's like in a small town. There's a family that just lost somebody under some really strange circumstances. And the uh, first... played
1: by a an actress named Cassie Paiva or Piava, or yeah, Cassie Paiva. I've seen her. In other Do you know st- what you know her from? If maybe you don't realize it, no. She was her. the the, the girl in Evil Dead 2 who gets, like, attacked by the vines and sucked into the tree. Wow. What? Yep. The, the, and she also used to be on One Life to Live, but I'm not going to explain how I know that.
0: The, the way that she looked in the movie, what well, she was supposed to look, mm-hmm. kind of oh, yeah. downtrodden and stuff like that. She's She's actually a really beautiful woman. But, yeah, like, she dies under these weird circumstances. She drowns. And the family's mourning,
1: and if it sounds if that sounds like a, he's revealing something. That's literally before
0: the title of yeah, the film comes it's like up. The, I believe the, the very beginning. That's, that's the inciting incident of the right. rest of the movie. And then the family's just kind of mourning that 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 loss, and and it's very weird the way she dies because there's like some sudden bleeding involved and some weird symptoms that are kind of coming about, and that's kind of where the movie kicks off, surrounding the mourning of. Uh, The mom and his family. And the mystery of what happened to
1: her is
0: is not just a
1: plot mover. It actually deciding, figuring (laughs) out what happened to her is a huge part of figuring out... The, what the what the real twist, what the secret is? I just I had one little uh, comment I wanted to make that just cracked me up. And I noticed this when Steve posted on Facebook that he was watching this movie on GetGlue. The little description of the movie comes up, and I don't know where this description comes from. It's on the Wikipedia page mm. for the film. But this I just totally disagree with this this sentence here. A seemingly wholesome and benevolent family, the Parkers have always kept to themselves, and for good reason. I don't think that they seemed wholesome and benevolent no, from the beginning. Everybody's to, got like to us. Everybody but everybody's got like dark rings under their eyes and yeah. they're always like looking out the window and you know.
0: Yeah, there's there is a lot of staring though. There is a
2: lot of staring. <laughs> uh, it didn't really I didn't really get that. The staring it thing? didn't really, oh, it didn't man, really stand out of, to me.
0: There's a lot of it. I, I well,
2: th- did I did think of you because I felt like I read a couple reviews that were saying that the first like half of the movie feels like a Terrence Malick film. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and, I, and I and I I couldn't help but think of Ronald and how much he loves Terrence Malick, <laughs> and how slow and going nowhere those movies can be. So,
0: oh, man, it was, it felt like. Did you think it was too slow? You know, first... I don't
2: think it bugged Steve as much as it did. You it it or me. didn't. It oh, okay. didn't bug me. I, I felt like it just like I felt like I I was I don't know I felt like I was being made to feel what that town feels like, which is like that nothing yeah, happens. It's kind of nothing, like yeah. you know that that nothing goes on. Like the exciting things and you know that they're very far, few and far between and. Reading up on the I haven't seen the original the Mexican film that this is re- like almost reimagined from. It sounds different. Like yeah. you know, a lot of the, the particulars are not yeah, the like, same like, at all. Yeah, yeah, like the like the sex of the children and, and actually who dies in the family and, and and you know I think one of the cool things though, I think that without seeing that original, and I should have, but reading up on it, like it's set in a very like uh Highly populated like Mexican city, so it's like people on top of one another all the time. So it it would have of a completely different like vibe to it. But I really, I was talking to John before we started recording. Like one of the things that I loved was just the way the film looked and where it was set. It was, you know, just just being set in like uh, in the middle of nowhere in New York State, in the Catskills, somewhere up in the Appalachian Mountains. It just there's so many, there's so much just like nothingness up there. You know, there's like towns and towns of, of. you know, nobody living there, and, and, you know, the towns that do have a lot of people, it's not a lot of people, you know, everybody knows everybody, and, uh, I don't know, I just think that really added a lot to the movie, because I think that's where something as crazy as what we come to see this movie show us could exist in places like that, because there's not a lot of people around to see it, or to even be, you know, questioning it, or, or seemingly odd to them, or anything like that, because everybody is so few uh, so far apart and like they live so far away from each other that it's almost like there's no there's no there's no overlap it seemed like you know like no like the doctor couldn't even remember the kids names you know i mean like when he went to see them and this is the guy that delivered the the children because it's just like i don't see you too often because there's nothing happening you know it's like yeah um and you yeah it's
1: very easy to believe and it's great it's very fertile for horror yeah. to suggest that there are these little enclaves, these little pockets that don't, that they're, they're yeah. contemporary, but they're sort of separate from the world that we know just because of distance. And, you know, you have a, in this case, a, 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 a patriarch and a family that has like a really strong tradition that it's not really apparent what those traditions are. And you kind of find out more as the movie goes on, but yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of easy to believe whether it's really factual or not, it's easy to believe that these people could be out there. And that does, I was telling Steve, it kind of reminded me almost of uh, uh, winter's bone in that way yeah, and that you're seeing so a window into this other yeah. little subculture that is you know maybe just just an hour out of town or something like That's that right. but it's it no you know it's no one's no one's going no one's going there who isn't involved in that world yeah. and no one in that world is is escaping and getting into the outside world
2: and so yeah. it's it, it's like this seems to i mean even the, even in the weather that they talk about it's like yeah. everything was washed out by a flood and there's there's obviously a lot of poverty in the town and And it's raining the whole time too. It's just so gloomy that it's almost like that's. It almost made me feel like that was the thing. This this that this family has going on, like that's why they. It's so important to them because there's really not a whole lot of anything else good happening. You know, it's like something that they really protect and, you know, continue, you know, on with or whatever. But um, I don't know. I really liked it. I liked it too. The more I
1: think about it, the more I like the way that it was like a stealth horror movie.
2: Yeah, 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 absolutely. I kind of knew,
1: again, the, the one word I, kn- I knew yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. that spoiled it, in a sense, uh, made me know, okay, well, this is going to go into those types of elements. But I, I think that it is sort of like, if you didn't have any preconceived notions sitting down to watch it, it would be a while before that sense of dread and that sense of what kind of story you're really watching yeah. would creep up on you. I did notice, did you, uh, did you notice that a lot of times in this movie, someone gets the drop on somebody else? There's a lot of... Someone coming up behind, like, yeah. like I'm, you know, I'm, you're at a disadvantage. I've got you pinned, and then someone comes up behind me. Yeah, that that happens like two or three times. But it got to the point where anytime anything was going on, I was like, okay, counting who was left to, to sneak up behind <laughs> somebody.
0: Gonna... The, and I also like that the townspeople weren't. I I, I liked that nobody was too overplayed. Like I didn't mm-hmm. feel like anybody was like overacting.
1: Michael Parks, who can sometimes overact.
0: Yeah. And is maybe a good overactor. He
1: played a really underplayed performance. And I found myself being drawn into that character because it's rare for him to play kind of a fundamentally heroic, almost, character like that.
0: Well, the cool part about it was for what he... You could tell there was some sort of huge thought in his head, but it's a really big thing to accuse someone of what what do you want to do? There's a
1: question that he gets to ask towards the end of the movie (laughs) that's just an
0: insane question. It's an insane question. I have it written in my notes yet in bold letters. It's the the kind of question I so badly want to say it but I'm not going to. It's it's that thing though like where
1: Well you know what we can do? You can say it and then I can beep out the verb.
2: Yeah, that's yes bad. yes <laughs> did you my daughter yeah and you can take it as you will yeah right you have to watch the right. movie yeah, just, to, to... just to find out what what michael it, park's it's asked. the her. kind of
1: question you only ask if if you've got a if you're holding a gun on somebody yeah. you know that's the kind of that's the only time when you, you ask have to that be question.
0: absolutely certain and that's what i've really liked about his character i think that was the whole thing like you could tell that there was like ideas in his head as he was collecting evidence well there's a denial
1: there's like a but there comes a
0: point where the the, it's too much you know it's
1: too much it's piling up and you see this look of horror i don't know i thought he played that really well the other thing i thought was really interesting um was the performance of the father uh frank parker played by bill sage it took me it took me approximately half the film to be sure that he wasn't billy ray cyrus (laughs) or nikolai (laughs) costell valder or whatever Uh, his name is and And it was almost like once I realized it wasn't... But I kept looking from certain angles. I was like, who does he look like right now? He looks like, looks like Donald Trump with a beard. Wait, no, no, no. He looks more like some soap actor. But it, when I gradually realized, oh, he's not really an actor that I know from anything. Right, you know. Yeah. And I wasn't supposed to know him. But I kept thinking maybe he's he looked like he's on Sons of Anarchy or something. and I just I didn't know the him. same thing Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> but it's interesting to see that he has been in movies I've seen. But he's just never... I, so I recognize him maybe subconsciously. But I think that that helped. I, I guess I was taking the long way around saying that the cast, that type of actor, who you're not really sure who he is... And that, I would say the same thing. I recognize the the younger actresses from different things, but but not in such a way that I felt like I I was really associating them with a role.
2: Right, you, know? you can't, like, peg what their purpose is. In fact, the younger yeah.
1: daughter, there's a scene late in the movie where she takes her hair down, I thought she was a different character for a minute. Yeah, when she changes And when cur- it's all, like, full and she's curly. she's got really curly yeah. hair, but, like, earlier she's got it all tamped down. I yeah. thought, again, her, even her performance, <clears throat> the, in the beginning of the movie, I felt like she was kind of overacting, but as the movie went along, I thought that she was there's a scene in the middle where there's like a deputy that's visiting the house and she's sitting down at the table with that guy and the I mean at that point in the movie the stairs that I've been talking about have started to mean something <laughs> yeah and that's yeah. when I think I started going okay this is a little different but when this deputy's at the table there's a there's something on the table that he has pulled out of his pocket and there's a conversation about it and she's very you know the, the she's very conscious of of what this deputy is figuring out and it's 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 yeah, you really wonder what these people are gonna resort to, and what yeah. what these people are capable of, yeah. and just how far they'll go. It's
0: neat. It's neat too to see, kind of the the state of mourning, and then them being active in the hiding of whatever this this mystery is. Right. And, and it, it well, essentially, the uh,
1: mother has died, and so the oldest daughter has to assume some of her responsibilities. Which and, and, the father and, says, like... And, and, and that involves all this other stuff, all these family traditions and, their, you know, what this family is doing that, uh, you know, I guess they do it every year, or is it Lamb's, Lamb's Day? Yeah, Lamb's Day. And I don't, yeah, we shouldn't say yeah. much more than that. But No,
2: that the, the two daughters actually was, was some of my favorite stuff in the movie. I think mm-hmm. that they're... Uh, I feel like they had that conflict so tight through the whole film of, of following, like, a family or following authority figures yes. whether it was mom or dad or whoever um with with something that they they began to question um or, or something that they were like taking at face value or what they thought maybe should be happening and especially like in the last you know five minutes of the movie seeing what they what, what actually comes of them and um the the are almost almost like shells almost you know mm-hmm. by the end of the film i thought like you know i was really into seeing what what both those girls were kind of going through through the whole film. And it's interesting that that scene that we keep tiptoeing around really hinges on what they will do. Absolutely. (laughs) And and that's really... Like, who they really are. That's the huge takeaway for me with this movie is that that's the the true challenge, the whole movie that you can see them fighting with. And the last 10 minutes of the movie, it's like... Well, you know, what you got to show your cards at this point, like mm-hmm. what's happening, yeah. And uh, you know, I thought it was pretty, I mean, absolutely one of the most craziest endings. That was the crazy, it was of one a of the craziest movies, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and even the last shot of them, you know, of, of them riding in off in the truck, or whatever, I thought was pretty, pretty <laughs> crazy.
0: There's something very weird about like something like that happening, and then what normally happens in the end of something like that is that it, it happens and then nobody's there to see it. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the case in this movie. Yeah. It happened and somebody's like, somebody's barely there the to fuck? see it. Yeah, <laughs> what the fuck is going on? That's I thought it was a really good movie.
1: So I just have a quick question for you guys: if uh, if they do make Top Gun two, do you think Kelly McGillis will be playing Tom, Tom Cruise's <laughs> love interest? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit, I'm sorry. I wanted to get that sentence out. Well, I, just, I already had
2: my decision made when I saw her in the innkeepers.
1: <laughs> that's mean. I can't believe I am No, by there. that I mean I've already bought my tickets. Yeah, right, of course. You already, you've already vouched Only for her. she's in it. You've started your own Kickstarter page to get her to be the love interest. <laughs> I just think that's interesting. I mean, is there like a 10-year age difference, and then you add to that, like, whatever lifestyle he's been living, where he's got, like, Scientology robots that massage muscles all night long, <laughs> yeah. or something like that?
0: It's like the average 50-year-old does not look like Tom Cruise, <laughs>
1: And the average, maybe she is 60, and maybe you could say yeah. she looks like the average 60-year-old, you
0: know? Hey, that must be so weird to have It must be career. so weird
1: to be her and to know, like, how are they going to write her? I don't know. That, I feel like I'm being so awful. I'm being so awful. <laughs> yeah. But it really did cross my mind. I think it does cross your she mind. She will not be in the movie. She <laughs> won't be. They'll, they'll, they'll have a quick intro at the beginning about how she, you know, maybe she'll have, like, a cameo, you know? Maybe she's, like, lived, maybe. you know, maybe she calls him in the middle of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they show her from the nose up. <laughs> I'm she's, sorry. She's 56. Okay, I mean, 56. I want Tom Cruise? Let's not. You know what? 52. You know what? I want. I'm slapping myself on the hand. Bad John. The beauty myth. She's 56. She looks
0: 56. She may, she may look. Uh, that's Cruise the is 51. Only five years. Yeah. That's the thing, man. But that's the weird
1: part. That's Movies. what. That's what clean living and like big, big. I guess that's and what aliens. A lot, that's what a lot of money and aliens. And yes, aliens we'll can get you. It. Yeah. <laughs> She's probably just just packed with She's <laughs> Packed with something. She needs to, yeah.
0: <laughs> That's crazy. It's it, that I must did, be yeah. so weird to to have a career, be alongside <clears throat> that guy, and then see him get progressively more handsome and, mm-hmm. and like, and then you maybe she doesn't. look... The, the thing is, though, in movies they do make you look kind of. She's kind of.
1: Well, she yeah. also has played, in, in Innkeepers, it was yeah. the same way. I mean, she's playing uh, like older women. Like, yeah, she's yeah. playing, like. and I do think there's, a, you know, the reason I feel so bad even bringing that up is because it is a huge thing that, like, there are no interesting roles, they say, for women once they hit a certain yeah, age. But I don't me. think that's really connected to what we're talking about. We're no, just talking about no, the, not the, the ravages of time and yeah. the time which will bring us all down. So, you know, mm-hmm. one day I, I expect to look... Ten times worse than Kelly McGillis when I'm 56. <laughs> oh, maybe not. I don't believe it, John.
0: I don't believe it. So. I don't
1: believe it. I have a beard to cover up whatever happens I know to my few, chin. I know a few aliens. I'll, yeah, t- right. I'll hook you up, okay. John. I'll hook you up. I just need the occasional you know, midnight muscle massage from an alien. Right, right.
0: Because
1: that's what he gets. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. got to have it constantly no around the clock. They're it. always like working his limbs so that they say lean. You know, He, he does look absolutely ridiculous. He yeah. does. It's crazy.
0: What, what was that? The Jack Jack Reacher movie, man. Like... What? Yeah. Well, I mean, any look... movie.
2: i mean, even like even in Oblivion. I mean, I can't think of a movie.
0: Right, right. right.
2: Where, I mean, it was not a good movie, but that Rock of Ages movie where he plays mm-hmm. that like uh, he was Bon Jovi type movie. type of guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, half naked the whole film, and he looks
0: amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's So weird. Bro.
1: So yeah, I guess I would say if you're a fan of, I don't know, what would you say? I wouldn't just say genres. I do think you kind of need a strong stomach for some of the stuff that occurs yeah. in this film. It's but I don't odd. think that I th- I don't think people should be prevented from having the jolt of what occurs in this movie you know what, so I though? almost think that it would be fun to tell someone this is a gripping drama and then s- watch the look on their face great a lot but of the grossness
0: is, is like implied almost is. like that that scene in Scarface that everybody thinks is like the worst scene ever that really didn't show anything it's yeah. just the eyes and the face and the sound and, and splatter it's kind of a lot of that but it's done so well that you really get grossed out during the course of it It's it's a cool movie so check it out
2: yeah I definitely recommend it Check it out. I I like the idea of it just saying it's a drama. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It's a little weird. This is a weird drama, but I think you'll like it. (laughs) Just stick with it. Yeah. Stick with it. And I would say, yeah, if you're watching it and you... If it seems a little melodramatic in the the opening stretch, I do think that a lot of that stuff gets redeemed in that I, I agree with you, Steve, that the character of the two daughters... They really do sort of emerge and become more interesting as yeah. as soon as you realize kind of what they're up against that like like that they are maybe people that could escape this weird weird world that they that they were raised in and then the movie yeah it kind of answers that question of is there any escape from yeah. this from this kind of upbringing so so now Where's whoo- that, how's that segue coming along guys <laughs> oh, I don't know I, I, I want to get on I told I told everybody actually at this point that I've talked to since I've seen the movie that I came out of Twelve Years a Slave. And I've decided I hate white people. Oh man. I'm I'm done with white people. <laughs> I'm,
0: done, I'm done with those
1: I'm done with those. No, it 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 was one of the I mean I That's can, where you cued the
2: Chris Farley <laughs> soundbite from uh, what was that? Was that Tommy Boy? Where, where you gets high at the concert like kill
1: Whitey <laughs> 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 I mean I did I do think that this movie makes you confront the callousness and the assumed privilege mm. of almost anybody in that era who wasn't on the losing end of this. Yeah. And the movie does make a point to show that there were like, you know, that poverty cut across the board. There 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 is one there's a white slave in this film. Yeah. But the but the racial politics of like, today I think
0: that guy was an indentured slave like I think he could get up and leave he had a debt yeah he, had he was, wor- he, he he was working off a slave. debt yeah, he, was he was working was an off indentured a debt slave, which is very different but he, he was a slave yeah he was a slave which is really interesting
1: but I think the movie was full of things like that like I think I don't think I've ever seen the depiction of like life on the plantation right. like this like because I've always wondered like where did that power come from yeah You know, where did that power to keep these people subjugated come from? Because it's one thing to say, how could you look at another human and think they weren't human? You know, I've always wondered that about slavery. Like, no matter who you were, no matter how ignorant you were, no matter how raised to be racist you might have been or afraid of the other, how could you look at another human and not think they were human? But the question of how could you be human and be made to feel less than human is a question that this movie really addresses. And I mean, I, I told Ronald, like you know it's not like you burst into tears every time you see a movie that has something intense in it but you can be kind of emotionally rattled but i mean yeah. i had an emotional response there's a scene early in this movie where and just to just to give a little background the the character of Solomon Northup who's a free man living in the north and he's a you know he's a he's clearly a hard working guy and he's built up a reputation and he's got he's connected and he's you know he's part of his community what city was he in
0: it was uh it was In New York, it was... Oh, God.
1: But he's basically Shanghai'd and and sent down south and sold into slavery. And it's all about the literal 12 years he spends going from one plantation to the next, you know, in increasingly worse situations that he gets into and how he sort of copes. And it's not about someone who... I you mean know, it's not Django Unchained. It doesn't give you any of those easy answers Of, yeah. of it's not a revenge fantasy, well, you know. Cool it's a, it's about all that. about just coping and what the reality of what that does to a person and how you take a person and make this really strong man make him feel like it's in his best interest to sort of go along and maybe Survive. and maybe live to fight yeah. another day,
0: you know. They well, they made a point in the first half of the movie to let you know. And I, and I think this is it this had to have been especially emphasized since django came out that trying to escape had a serious consequence Mm -hmm. you may not leave you may not leave alive and that's a really cool well it's cool because it is a it is the perfect counter for django the the people that I mean, like it's a nice, cool idea, like the revenge flick and all that. I stuff. mean, I think I, I think it's. An I think we both movie. enjoy you did. Too. Yeah, I, I enjoyed, enjoyed the hell enjoyed out of
1: Django it. Unchained, but I mean, I don't feel guilty for enjoying no, that. No, not at all. Not but at I all. do think this movie kind of
0: it's it's
1: it kind of knocks that movie on its ass a little bit in in the sense of it's big. like what it says is okay. That's one way of dealing with this subject matter. Here's yeah. here's here's another way that's a bit more brutal and a right. bit more honest. And I mean, the, I you know in my notes. Moral despair is what I wrote down. And I just, because I was just feeling like, again, it's not like I've never been conflicted about it. But just to see the way that he's kind of broken and the notion that he's a free man and, you know, you, you really walk through this experience with him. Steve McQueen is the director, not to be confused with the dead actor. And this is his third movie. I haven't seen his other two, but I'm to understand they're all kind of punishing movies. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, he doesn't flinch.
2: Shame was. We saw Shame together
1: in, in a very serious way. He doesn't flinch, but he's not just trying to rub your face in it. But I think he wants you to say, "Look at this." Like there's a scene where where he's almost lynched, but they don't quite lift him up off the ground. Oh man, his That's toes are touching the, the ground, worst. and the scene goes on for like a whole day. Like he's yeah. basically in that state, it having, has to, to, be having over to kind of, having to kind of stand on his tiptoes. Uh, and, and the movie, I mean, there, you can, it just like when you say kind of Terrence Malick about uh, the slow pace of mm-hmm. the beginning of We Are What We Are, I felt that in those scenes of like, no, this is, there, you know, that was a good 90 second shot of him just yeah. kind of dealing with the, that predicament that he was in. And you really are made to feel like this person has no power in, 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 except for the power that they keep. Alive inside themselves, like there's no, there's nothing in this situation that's stacked in this person's favor. Yeah. Like what daily life was like for the characters was was I've never seen it fleshed out like it was the, in this movie. Yeah,
0: I, I mean I've seen the difference between I guess us is is I've literally watched every single slave movie that there is. I went to a school that where we would watch them. We watch Roots. We watch. Sankofa, we watched all of these movies. I'd never seen a movie that depicted kind of the breakdown of how it is. Like mm-hmm. I think, I think it's not the the niceness of the the people, the slave masters, wasn't because they were nice. It's it's like a balance in your head. You cannot treat a person that terribly and look them in the face and be like, I can be okay with this. So that was like the the balance in his head like in like Michael Fassbender.
1: Michael Fassbender is able to bring this character to life and there's a humanity to him but just like Ray Fine's character in Schindler's List, he's a monster. You know? Yeah. He's a he's a, a
0: like not even a villain, he's just a monster. It, and it was it was interesting that his whole mentality was like I'm going to I'm going to wreak havoc, but if you comment on this havoc, I will try to kill you yeah. and any cost. It was very intense, man, watching their are dynamic. And, and also, I'd never seen the object of someone's affection be someone that's so, so dark. Yeah. So, like, egg, I mean, to, to some people, very exotic with a deep Southern accent, yeah. which was really neat to see. Like, it was just... What was Patsy? Yeah. Was her name Patsy? Um, so, Patsy was... I mean, not to give away the whole movie, but Patsy. Yeah, so it's like he ends up at a he ends yeah. up on a plantation so run that's... by a character named Epps,
1: who's yeah. Michael Fassbender, and he's also there with another slave named. But he Patsy. was like
0: the worst. This this was the worst slave master. He was supposed to be like the slave breaker, right? So Also,
1: then... he's sent there after a slightly more what, like you said, you can't call him kind, but <laughs> yeah. a slightly more gentle, more respectful yeah. uh, uh, of people's humanities uh, slave owner who can no longer keep. Solomon Northup, who's been renamed Platt, which is interesting, and and that's another one of those like heartbreaking moments, though, where they just tell him, this is your name now. Yeah. Because the when he's Shanghai'd into slavery, they can't, they can't keep his real name, because so, it could be proven that he's a free man, yeah. and so they come up with this fake identity, and he just, you know, he's not really a, like you said, Ronald, he's, it's a situation he can't really speak up and say well, no, 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 my name's Solomon North. that it's actually worse for him to let these slave traders and people like that know, because they might as soon kill him as deal with the legal complications oh, yeah. of having of having kidnapped somebody. And so he's got to keep it secret that he's a free man. And, and you know, and you see ah, what that does to him. Paul Dano. Paul Dano. <sighs> <laughs> Paul Dano. <sighs> plays maybe his most
0: punchable character yet. Yeah. And gets, you know, gets punched. Don't worry. The same person that could beat you is also reading you the Bible. It's like weird stuff, like... The stuff, watching that stuff is really hard. Like that scene really. with Paul
1: Giamatti, where it's like he's like it's like the the auction, All or whatever. an auction
0: that, in a house. Uh, that scene was S- so I've I've seen a million I mean, auction scenes. I've never seen an auction scene in a house, in someone's like living room.
1: I mean, and Paul Giamatti was great. Yeah, but man, that character just was yeah downright evil. You know, I mean, just the way that he's talking about people, they're, like they're not people. It's
0: it's also really crazy too, like um. Just thinking about the movie, and 2 it was only 200 years ago. So I had family members that could remember family members that had lived to be 90 or so that were just outside of what slavery was. Like, just outside of it. Just outside of it. And it's, it's just a very interesting thing. Like, I, I think that we cannot forget how much this is affecting the the present my favorite scene is actually before he gets taken away he's pretty he's doing pretty well for himself he's with his family um and when they go into the store and they're talking about the purse Mm -hmm. that's that's expensive and he's like this is expensive how much is it gonna be so he's debating with the shop owner how much this bag is because his wife kind of (laughs) kind of suggested he should get this bag for her and while that's happening while while the situation's going on uh, another black guy who's a slave comes into the store and kind of sees this black man functioning like like the white people like nobody's stopping him like nobody so he's just moving and functioning and talking about goods t- looking a man in his face yeah and it's very weird like it's 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 one of those things and he just kind of stands there in shock and then his owner kind of pulls him out of the shop but you can tell that he was he was willing to have a conversation with this guy if he would have stayed in the shop. Mm-hmm. But that's it's that thing where like there's a divide still, man. That
1: felt very contemporary because at that moment yeah. after the after the the slave owner has kind of, you know, chastised his slave and been like come come with me and they've walked out, the shop owner who's white does what you and I would do if we saw that is they kind of look at each other and they roll their eyes at the racist guy yeah I think too often we want to look back and let people off the hook for thinking oh they were a product of their times but it's this movie makes sure you realize that no there were people in this era who were smart enough yeah to realize this is awful and this can't this can't happen, and it's got yeah. to stop. And for us, wow. you know, for our country to to pull itself up out of the muck, it had to end. I would also <clears throat> say, I've mentioned it to Steve before, and it has to be said, I never make, like, Oscar predictions. But if Chiwetel Ford does not get Best Actor, yeah. I haven't seen anything in that's within a 100 miles of this performance. And yeah. I, I think a lot of it has to do with the guy. If you notice, he's got huge eyes.
0: He eyes. He's got, a, like, an expressive extremely eyes.
1: expressive face. Yeah. So it's easy to find him in whatever shot and 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 discover Crazy. like what's going through his mind the, you know the
0: scene i don't know how they focused on him in that scene but every scene that he was asleep but mm-hmm. like, no they were he was laying down and you could just see his face yeah it's it is his eyes it's the fact that he's kind of tall too
1: i guess we should mention sean Bobbitt, who's the cinematographer i noticed he also is a cinematographer for uh uh the place beyond the pines Oh wow! Which you know, similar kind of epic sweep that they were able to bring to this film. But I thought, yeah, in general, I would say that the movie it movies it made me think of were like like Terrence Malick or or Paul, Paul Thomas Anderson or something, where it's just stylistically so assured and so beautiful that it it really again it made the like the richness of what was the way it was pulled off. Yeah. you know the fact that they they did such a good job of evoking the era that um i mean to, you know cuz i know cuz i was there but they did such a good job of evoking like the past but it also felt really you know I, there were only a few people who looked like they were wearing costumes and acting unnatural yeah. and like i said i think yeah. mostly those scenes towards the beginning there were some kind of kind of dodgy acting but i think it's just yeah you know, technically a really good movie so even beyond the subject matter it it was it was so well done and i just can't imagine anyone else approaching this subject with this the only thing that someone could do maybe would be to tell a story about a slave that doesn't have these exceptional circumstances. Because I have heard some criticism that it's not really the ultimate slave narrative because of the unusualness of it. But I think for a contemporary audience, this is actually the perfect character to follow through because there's a little bit of disbelief at this happening. It's like a bad dream, you know, that he can't wake up from. And in that sense, I think that it's, it's an important way to get audiences of today into it. Yeah.
0: And based on a true story, which also gives it a little more it gives it credibility more than django obviously now
1: here's the question why have we not heard of this book all our lives I, man because I, th- it is based on a book that was yeah. written by him in the 1850s when you know no so idea. slavery was still in full swing and when he when he wrote this book I, I just am surprised that i haven't heard the story told a hundred times i feel like
0: i want to read it yeah i feel like i want to read it um how do you pronounce the main guy's name i feel like i can never Chuatel edgievor chuotel okay is that right steve
2: I think it's an easier for i
0: I've I've seen I've seen I love this movie. I love him in almost everything I've ever seen him in. But if you get a chance, watch the Shadow Line, seven seven part series about um, the Shadow. De- sha- yeah, the Shadow Line. The about, Shadow Line about a detective that gets shot in the head, and uh, when he comes back, uh, he's under investigation for these like weird things, and he kind of forgets. Who he was as a person and as the story progresses you realize who he was and it, it's a shadow line it's it's a real weird sort of thing where like after these crazy events happen was he a, was he a shitty person? was he a great person? Mm-hmm. it's a great series and that's when I started to notice him in Shaft mm-hmm. Shaft in that movie
1: I remember him in uh, Serenity right? he was oh, the yeah, villain in yeah. Serenity yeah
0: yeah! Wow,
1: the operative—I i think he was called in. He
0: gets—he—he—he's—he picks <clears throat> really good stuff.
1: Well, I mean, I'm now excited to see whatever he does next, and I'd be surprised if this is not like, you know, kind of the the star making thing for him the only thing i wonder is if if having a name like that is is like that's your barrier to entry like that people are just like i can't pronounce the name i don't want to embarrass myself so therefore we're not (laughs) going to cast him but yeah so 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 powerful in this i don't want to oversell it it's a but it is an i mean it's an incredibly emotionally draining experience to see this Uh, movie people are still scrambling to make sense out of that heritage you know what i mean that that's part of our history
0: i've there were pieces of dialogue that i've heard People say, my friends say some of the some of the conversations that the slaves were having mm-hmm. about the differences between who who like the ranking of slaves and who these people are versus who we are and mm-hmm. dignified people versus but but really it's it's I think the best thing that you could possibly ever do in life, ever, if you're ever around anybody who's a little different from you, is to acknowledge the differences. Mm-hmm. And that's that's when it starts to melt. That's when people start to melt together and they say like there's there are no races and that that's bullshit, but I've noticed that the the relationships that I've had that have been the most amazing were the ones where differences were acknowledged mm-hmm. and that's i mean it's 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 one of those things like I think that we need not all of us need this as a whole culturally we need somebody to hit us over the head and be like yeah this is how it used to be yeah <laughs> not that long ago not that long ago it was like this so i i think that stuff is valuable to me that's why i like spike lee i like spike people don't like spike lee because spike lee takes portions of this real harsh reality that people aren't used to and kind of throws it in your face, and whether it's it's shitty to them, it, it's 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 real. It's real stuff. And I think Steve McQueen's brave for putting it out.
1: No, I think it's amazing. Did you read that he's got he's right now he's working on a pilot for an HBO series? What? Yeah, that he would he would what? be the showrunner of if it gets picked up. Oh man,
0: Wizard of about? Is that a drama?
1: Um, it said it sounded like Six Degrees of Separation because it said something about a young black man with a shady past is like. Entering into New York high society and kind of the complications around that. Oh. But I could see the way He's he handles. Good at that. With shame? I could you... see him handle. Well, I didn't see shame, oh, but just shame. knowing what I know about those prior movies and then knowing how he handles the kind of racial politics of this movie, I'm thinking like he could be. It could be really interesting to see that. And by the way, just a quick mention. You mentioned Spike Lee. Sean Bobbitt, who is the cinematographer, is also the cinematographer for Old Boy.
0: Can't so. wait to see Old Boy.
1: But yeah, you're right. I mean, I, even though I don't always love Spike Lee, I do think sometimes what people don't like about him. And why people think he's such an instigator and why people think that he's so, like, doesn't have a sense of humor about, you know, some of these matters is that he does refuse to let it go.
0: Yeah. There'll be, like, a three-year period or so and nothing will happen. And then he'll be, like, it's still the same. And then Trayvon Martin will happen. Yeah. Like, I told you so. Like, I told you there's still some stuff going on. But anyway... Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah.
1: So Steve, I guess what we're
0: saying is go see Twelve, 12 Years a slave. a slave. Yeah,
2: it's on my list.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think you're. You it's the movie, movie of the year. I don't see anything knocking it off. I'm gonna have to put Francis Hood in the top See, five. I could
2: see myself
1: enjoying something else, or maybe thinking something. Like something could be so purely entertaining that I say that was awesome. Yeah. But I just don't know. Like the, sh- I can't shake the feel. Like whatever it was that we maybe were hoping for from Lincoln. I remember even when we saw Lincoln, one of the things we said was, "Where were all the black people?".
0: Yeah. And
1: it's That's like crazy. this movie totally turns the script around mm-hmm. and and makes it about again seeing what that perspective was like and seeing that it was it wasn't as cut and dry like it wasn't just like you were treated like a non human all the time it yeah. was that queasy mixture of a situation where someone would think they were being kind to you but the power structure that surrounds that is still so odious that it just no one escapes without yeah. becoming less.
0: Yeah, I was wondering why they had. Like pre-order for the tickets at the Charles Theater, the Art mm-hmm. House movie theater in Baltimore. I saw why, man. It was jam-packed. Well, Steve
2: tried to go and it was sold yeah, out. That, that's why I didn't see. I went on uh, a. That's why
1: Steve s- hasn't said a word for Sunday, the last half yeah, hour. <laughs> I, I'm still here. Uh, <laughs> He's for, uh,
2: yeah, I'm like Sunday afternoon, like early afternoon, and it was, yeah, it at, was like s- a. It was sold crackers, out man. at like a. Like suburban rural theater, like that. Not a lot of people. What time was it? Four. I went to like the I think the three thirty or four o'clock show, Mm -hmm. and uh, after seeing the Shining in theaters, which was awesome by the way, uh, but yeah, I was like shocked. I was like, yeah, let's just go over and see it now since we're here. And it was like, oh, it's been sold out. (laughs) Like shit. Yeah. And I I I even tried to like sneak into the theater to see if I could find seats. It was like, no, this sold out.
0: When I went to the Charles and I asked for the ticket, the guy looked at me like. Like how dare what you to, wait? Like how? Like are you dumb? Yeah. <laughs> I was like yeah, I just want, I just want one, and then he was like, oh okay, you just yeah, want you'll one. find a seat in there. <laughs> yeah. All right.
2: Well, yeah, I will see then. <laughs>
0: that's that's the summation
1: of what I have to say. Well, you know what we always say. What do we always say, Ronald?
0: Have a nice day. Something oh, like as that always. You've made our day. Okay. As always, you've made our day. Bye.